Amen. I want to draw your attention to verse 20 of 1 Samuel chapter 1. This is the famous story of Hannah praying for a child and the Lord giving her what she asked. And notice what it says in verse 20. It says, Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. So notice that Samuel, a very well-known character in the Bible, that name means because I asked him of the Lord. So because this was a child that she got, notice, because she asked, she named him Samuel. And then in verse 27, it says, For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. The title of my message this morning is Because I Have Asked Him of the Lord. So this story of Hannah, it's a well-known story about her wanting a child greatly. This is something she wanted, but God had closed up her womb. God had closed up her womb, so she was not able to have children, but she wanted a child. And so she went, and notice in the story, what did she do? She asked. She asked, and then she made this offer, and I don't believe this is why she got it, but she, this is something she decided to do. She made a promise that the Lord would give her the child. She would lend him to the Lord. And then we see in chapter 2, not only did she have Samuel, but because she lent him to the Lord, God, you don't outgive God. You're, not gonna, you're just not going to be able to do that. God ended up giving her five more children. God ended up giving her five more children. This woman who was not able to have any children, it was not God's will for her to have children. We're going to see that. She asked for it, and God changed his mind. God gave her not only one child, but he gave her five more children also. And, you know, I think every Christian wants to know how to pray. Every Christian wants to be a good prayer. Okay? And one of the reasons I'm preaching this message today, too, we have somebody here that's in need of prayer today who, like Hannah, wants a child. And that's a perfectly you know, legitimate want. That is a perfectly legitimate desire. And I want us to pray for her today. I, I, I want to, uh, we're, we're planning on bringing her before the church and praying for her because I believe God answers this kind of thing. I believe God wants to work in this kind of way. God wants to answer prayers. But yet we often just, we don't have faith and we just don't ask. And we end up missing out, but I, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But I want us to look at the story of Hannah, and I want to teach us some, uh, teach us some things about prayer, because there's a lot of just foolish things that are often said when it comes to prayer. In fact, I'm just going to tell you right now, as a pastor, most of the time, if somebody starts out their sense with me, Pastor Tom, I've been praying, I know I'm about to hear something really stupid. All right? You say, that's terrible. It's just true. Okay? Listen, if, you, if, you, if you've been praying, if you ask God, you know, that's fine, you know. Why, why do you need to tell me that? But you see, that's code for don't you dare try to talk me out of what I'm already thinking. Or already what I've decided to do. Don't you dare say anything contrary because God already told me. You know, just, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to bring that up. All right. Let me just assume everybody prays first. Everybody asks God for things. But, you know, there, you get really frustrated as a pastor sometimes. And it's something my dad used to get frustrated with. And I'd hear him talk about the same thing. And now, you know, I've experienced this many times in my life. But let's look at some things in the story to help us understand why we pray. Often we get the wrong idea, many times because of bad preaching on prayer. There's a lot of bad preaching out there on prayer. But let's look what the Bible says. So in 1 Samuel 1, verse 1, it says, Now there was a certain man of Ramoth, Zephoam, however you say that, of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Ephrathite. And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other 
Penina, and Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. So notice, this is not a good situation here. This guy shouldn't have two wives. But he has two wives, and one is able to have children, but one is not able to have children. Now, the Bible says that the Lord had closed up Hannah's womb. So now, all of you who are really spiritual out there, why do you think God might have closed up her womb? You know, because God's trying to teach Okina here, you know, you shouldn't have two wives. That's not what I intended for you. You know, if he had just, you know, I don't know who he married first. It mentions Hannah first, but I don't know if that was the first wife or maybe she was the second wife. It just mentions her first because she was the most important. And it's very possible that, you know, God was only going to give him children with the first wife because that was the only one that was legitimate. And so he's being punished here. Right. Well, let me tell you something. We don't really know. And let me tell you something, when it comes to people's prayers not getting answered, we don't always know why they're not getting answered. But you know what? There's always Job's friends that are around. They've got it all figured out. I mean, them and God are the exact same in their thinking, and they know why everything's going on in people's lives. Okay? Don't be Job's friends. Okay? Don't you be like that. You don't know. Why God answers prayer, why God doesn't answer prayers. And don't go trying to figure it out, especially for other people. You just pray with them. But so, you know, most people, though, they believe the only way they can conjure up a prayer, an answered prayer, is by making sure everything's perfect in their life. They often think, before I'm going to be able to ask the Lord for anything, you know, I've got to just go and I've I've got to make myself just completely right with God in every area. Well, first off, I don't really see that in the Bible. And I do believe sin can hinder prayers. But at the end of the day, I can't figure out the formula for how much sin will stop your prayers versus how much, you know, you can have to still get your prayers answered. Because most of us were in pretty bad shape when we made the most important prayer of, Lord, save my soul. And he gave us that petition. But yet when it comes to other things in our life, we feel like we've just got to go, you know, on this fast and this cleansing. And we've got to just see if we can go, you know, 24 hours without any sin, without thinking a bad thought. And then if, after we do that, then God will answer our prayer. And then we can go, we can get up and brag. I'll tell you why the Lord answered my prayer. I went and I repented of all my sins. I got everything right in my life. And because, man, the Lord was just so impressed with me. He said, you know what? Whatever you want, ask for right now. And I got, I got what I wanted. You ain't getting your prayers answered because you're a mess. All right? You all, you, you know, you need to clean up your life. And then God might try to do something good for you. We don't know. Okay? We, we just don't know why God answers, why God doesn't answer. And you know what? Watch the guy who's got it all figured out in that area. You know what? Just go ahead and ask anyway. Just go ahead and ask. This was not a good situation where, where Elkanah has two wives. This was not something that God wanted. And many people are often afraid to ask God for their desires because they feel unworthy. But, you know, God wants us to ask anyway. And, you know, people often say, well, you know, the Bible does say, Romans 8, 28, and all things work together for good to them who love God. If you don't keep his commandments, you don't love them. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Your prayers aren't getting answered because, you know, you're, you know, you don't love God like you should. Well, let's go ahead and go over to Romans 8, 28. All right, go ahead and turn over there. I just quoted Romans 8, 28. You all know that. But let's read verse 29. It says, for whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? 
If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You notice right there how it's mentioning how, listen, the reason we all come short of the glory of God is because there's something that we're all missing, and that's the fact that we're sinners, and the only way that that can be made up is through Jesus Christ. And if God was willing to give us His Son, so we who are unworthy can be saved and have salvation, He's saying, why would God not be willing to freely give us all things? Freely. Don't we teach, you don't have to repent of your sins to be saved? But yet you've got to repent of all your sins to be able to worthy of ask, to ask God for anything and to get any prayers answered. That's the way we often, I know you've got way too much sin in your life. There's no way, you know, until you get this thing right, God's not going to answer any of your prayers. But you know, the next verse says in 33, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. So I say all this, I'm not going to tell you that sin will never stop you from getting your prayers answered. But here's what I am going to tell you. I don't know when it will. I don't know when it won't. I don't know what sins will. I don't know what sins won't. I don't know. But here's what I do know. I know that we have a God who wants to answer our prayers. He wants to give us all things. He'll stop at nothing to give us all things. And all we need to do is ask and he'll do it. And I don't, we don't have to have it all figured out. We just need to actually have the faith to go and ask. And Hannah's not in a great situation right here. You know, her husband's obviously not right with God, but at the same time, she wants a child. God had closed up her womb, but she does, she goes, and she brings her petition to God. She asks of God, and God ends up giving her what she wants. So often God may answer our prayers, or often may not answer our prayers, because an answer would not work together for good for us. But at the end of the day, we don't know. We don't see the end from the beginning like God does. Now, I believe eventually we will be able to look back and say, you know what? Now I see why God did what he did. If not here, we'll see, well, we will in heaven. But the one thing we need to remember is that on our best days, we are not worthy of getting our prayers answered. But that shouldn't stop us from asking. That should not stop you from asking because it doesn't stop God from wanting to answer our prayers. So let's look at verse 3. It says, And this man went up out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. Okay, so who is... Working against Hannah right here. It's God working against Hannah right here. God had shut up her womb. Now, her husband loved her. In fact, her husband loved her more than he loved his other wife. But but God had shut up her womb. Now, you know what the Bible does not tell us? And I'm sure you all probably got it figured out if you're Job's friends. You know, maybe it was because God wanted this great story in the Bible, right? You know, God wanted to show a miracle. That very well could be. But, you know, the thing is, the Bible doesn't tell us. We don't know for sure. It's easy for us to look back and say that's probably why. But, you know, we've got to stop acting like we've just got the answers to everything. We don't know. I don't know why God had chosen. Why didn't God chose to shut up the other woman's womb? It's because he knew she wouldn't ask and we wouldn't have the great story. I don't know. Okay. All I know, God had shut up her womb. God, God did that. Therefore, it was not God's will for her to have children. Okay. And so something we need to understand, though, is that prayer... Often, listen to this, 
changes God's will for our life. Prayer often changes God's will. The Bible says in James chapter 5 and verse 17, it says Elias or Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. He was just like any of us. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Elijah, the Bible credit, the Bible does not say that the Holy Spirit led Elijah to pray that according to what we're reading here, this was Elijah's idea. And Elijah asked and God said, okay, we'll we'll shut it up for three and a half years. That's a miracle right there, right there. And then it says, um, and then, um, and then it says, and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. When Elijah Decided, you know what, it's time for the rain now. Okay, God brought the rain according to Elijah's will. God wanted to do what Elijah wanted. You say, well, you know, why, why does God do that? You know why? Because God loves us. God wants to have a relationship with us. It's the same reason why, you know, you know, your husbands, often we do things our wife wants to do. You know, we go to that restaurant that she wants to go to instead of the one that we really want to go to. Why? You know, it, it's not... Be, it's not because it's necessarily our turn all the time, even though sometimes it takes turns. All right? But it's just sometimes you just want to please your wife. Sometimes you just want to make the other person happy. That's what you want. And God wants to make us happy. God wants to answer our prayers. God wants to give us things. That is his desire. And he often does that very thing. In fact, turn over to Exodus 32. You say, well, that's not super good proof there. But let's look at a great example of God literally changing his will based on the prayer of one man. In Exodus 32, verse 9, And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. God's telling Moses, God's saying to Moses, let me kill them. Now, why does God need to like tell Moses? Shouldn't God just do what he wants to do? Isn't that what is, is God able to do just what he wants to do? Would God have been holy, just and righteous to do what he wanted to do here? You better believe you would have. But God here is telling Moses, let me do this. It's as if he cares what Moses thinks. You know why? Because he did care what Moses thought. And notice what Moses said. He said, then uh, Moses besought the Lord his God and said, Lord, why did thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou broughtest forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, for mischief did he bring them out to slay them in the mountain and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. Moses just told God to repent. Think about that for a minute. Now, is this where God got saved according to the repenting of your sins, people? No. This is proof right here okay, that repenting is not always repenting of your sins. Okay, Moses is telling God to repent. And you know what God did? He repented. God repented. He said, remember. Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidst unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Now think about that, folks. God wanted to kill all of Israel 
Moses stopped him. Moses asked God to repent, and God repented, and God did not destroy those people. Now, think about that, folks. We often, we have this defeatist attitude as Christians in our prayers. Well, you know, I ask, but it's just probably not the Lord's will. But do you want it? Why don't you just ask Him for it? Why don't you? Because we see in the Bible where God changed His will. God changed His mind for other people. Why wouldn't He do it for you too? Oh, well, that was Moses. Oh, yeah, but what about Hannah? God did it. God did it for Moses, but God also did it for Hannah too. You know, it's one thing with Moses and Elijah, two of the greatest men that ever lived. Two men, uh, you know, that we believe are the two witnesses. You know, those two olive trees that the Bible talks about. But he also did it with Hannah. So I don't know why we're afraid to ask for the for ask for these things that we want. So the people often though they do they have that defeatist attitude. I'm just going to surrender to the will of God. You know, but if it's God's will, if, it, if it's God's will that we ask him for what we want, why don't we do that? Because it's not like, you know, in this situation with Hannah, she doesn't know why God hasn't told her why God hasn't written it in the clouds for her, but yet she knew what she wanted. She knew what she wanted and wasn't afraid to go to the Lord for it. And the reason we often don't get our prayers answered is because we don't know what we want. Look what it says in James chapter one. In verse 5. All right, I put it in my notes. James chapter 1 and verse 5. This is a great verse. I encourage you to mark this down in your Bible. It says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and he shall, it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a way of the sea, driven with the wind, and tossed. So notice this in context, this is talking about asking for uh, wisdom, okay, which we know God wants to give us wisdom. We know it's God's will for us to have wisdom. We all know that. And God says if we ask, he's not going to abrade us. He's not going to get on to us for asking. But notice, though, but he says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Verse 7, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Many people, they just don't know what they really want. Many people, they're just, you know, they, you know, just whatever. They just throw out these prayers to God, like whatever. But folks, there's no doubt here, Hannah knew what she wanted. She wanted a child, and she wanted it bad. And she went to the Lord begging for that child, and God gave her what she wanted. Most of the time, we're just so blessed in our country. We have so much. Anything that we do want, it's not even really a pressing need in our life. So it's not anything that we fervently pray for. It's not anything we make a big deal. Oh, we don't even know if we want it. Well, let's pray for this, and hopefully this is what God wants. No, it's okay for you to really want something. I mean, to really have a strong desire. And you don't have to have to say, oh, I, just, I just want whatever is God's best. In other words, I'm just yeah, like, like you just want to throw your life up in the wind and let God blow wherever you want. That sounds really spiritual, right? But don't we see in the Bible where the miracles are done with those who really wanted something from God and went and they begged for it? And God gave it to them. It's okay for you to want something. You're not bad. A woman is not bad for wanting a child. God put that in them. That's a completely normal, natural thing. Now, it's one thing if you're wanting sin. Okay? It's one thing if you're praying, you know, Lord, I just really want to win the lottery tomorrow. 
Okay, you know, okay, you know, if you're just asking so you, you know, can receive and consume upon your lust, you know that's not God's will. Okay, we know it's not God's will for us to be gambling. You know, we know it's not God's will. You know, don't go praying for you to be able to successfully pull off that bank job that you're trying to pull. You know, you know, don't go praying for that. You know that's not God's will. But that, you know, there are things that God does want for us. You know, it is God's will for us to have homes and to have families and, uh, you know, and, and to have the things that we need in this life. We know it's God's will for us to have those things. So if there's something specific that you want, ask for it. Beg for it. And don't worry about just figuring everything out and getting everything right and going and living with monks and meditating for months so you can just figure out everything in your life and, you know, then God's going to answer your prayers. No. Just ask. All right? Just go and ask. Do whatever do whatever you, you have to to get it. So look at verse 6. Because Hannah wasn't praying for something that was a sin. That what she wanted was a good thing. And it said, and her adversary, who also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. As he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? Notice her husband's not real understanding here. He's like, you know, what are you worried about, Anna? You know, I've got kids. You know, I've got kids with my other wife. And you have me. You know, I'm better than... This guy's, this guy's no help, all right? I've, now, I've been talking about not trying to figure out why God shut up Hannah's womb. I think it was her husband's fault, all right? And that's just my opinion, but I could be dead wrong, okay? But boy, when you listen to this guy, you know, you, you ought to try that with your wife sometime when she wants something, you know? When you're, when next, next time your wife comes complaining, you know, I'd really like to, hey, you've got me. <laughs> Aren't I better than ten of whatever you want? <laughs> see, see how that goes over. Man, and and it, it didn't go over with Hannah. It didn't work at all. But notice how she has an adversary. Okay, Her adversary here is the other woman who's like basically mocking her. You know, well, you're not right with God. You know, look at me. You know, cause, and think about this too. Isn't it how Joseph's brothers were with him? Joseph was the favorite son. The brothers hated him. The dad gave, you know, Joseph the coat of many colors, which caused that envy. Elkanah was the same way. He loves Hannah more than his other wife, so it makes the other wife end up hating Hannah. And now, what is she doing? She's just provoking her, trying to make her feel bad. You know, hey, guess what, Hannah? I'm pregnant again. You know, what do you think about, you know, I mean, you, you, that kind of stuff's going on, and Hannah's heart is broken over this. She's got an adversary here, and when you pray, you're going to have adversaries. There's going to be things that get in the way. It's not like everything's just going to fall in place and everything's just like the Red Sea is going to part. That's not the way it usually works in prayer. We're not going to take time to go there for sake of time. But in Daniel chapter 10, you may remember the story where Daniel is praying to God and then God didn't answer his prayer right away. But then later, weeks later, Gabriel comes and he said, hey, I came as soon as your prayer went up. But you know what? The prince of Persia withstood him. You know, there's spiritual forces at work when praying goes on. You all understand that? There are spiritual forces that are at work. And when you are praying, you better believe the devil and his minions. You better believe they're not. They're behind the scenes and they're working too. 
and they're doing whatever they can to stop these prayers from getting answered because the last thing they need is a Christian whose faith is being increased. That could cause a lot of damage. You better believe they're going to be provoking you. You better believe they're, you know, they're going to be sending Job's friends along to tell you why your prayers aren't getting answered. You better believe that's going to be the night when you pray for something specific in your heart. Somebody at church that night's going to be doing a praise. I prayed for this and the Lord gave it to me. Why, well, you got nothing. And, and, you know, the devil might answer their prayer just to make you feel bad. You know, because that person, their prayer got answered, but now they think it's because they're spiritual. And now they're boasting in themselves. They're not giving glory to God. You don't think the devil can't answer some prayers? I believe he, I believe he can answer some prayers. I, I do believe that. But you're going to have some adversaries. And so while prayer is a spiritual battle, we need to understand we don't see the spiritual. We're not seeing what's going on. But we do see the physical, and it can man itself in, manifest itself in many ways, and we don't understand it. We don't understand why God does the things we do. You're going to have people like Job's friends. They're going to come. They're going to want to explain to you why your prayers didn't get answered. You're going to have some preacher. He's going to come to you, and he's going to explain to you why your prayers didn't get answered. And, the, and the, whenever a preacher explains to you, let me just give you one, one of the pastoral secrets, all right? I've already been kicked out of the brethren, you know, I, I, for, you know, uh, throwing out too many of the things from the secret society, and I'm being funny here and making that up. But if you come to a pastor, it's like, why isn't my prayer getting answered? You know what he's going to tell you? Now, if he's right with God, he's going to say, I have no idea. Okay? But most of the time, he's going to give you an answer. And it's going to be because of whatever you're doing that he doesn't like. Okay? Now, I just totally lost that card. I'm never going to be able to play it with you all because I just gave it out. All right? I just, I just used it on all of you. And it's not going to work anymore. But that is what they typically do. Because it doesn't matter we're pastors. We don't know why. Okay? We think we do. All right, we've all got pretty good guesses, and we might even be right sometimes. But at the end of the day, we don't know. Amen. So just understand that we don't, we, you know, you, you can't always just look at what's happening and look at which way the stars are aligning and which direction the wind's blowing and figure it out from stuff like that. There are things that are going to work against you. We as a church, when we are praying for things, there are going to be things that work against us. It's not just going to be everything just falls into place. It's not just going to be the millionaire shows up that day and just decided we were the church he wanted to leave his millions to. It's just not going to happen that way. That's what we think should happen. But it's not the way God usually does things. We don't know how God's going to do things. So we just need to pray anyway. You know, We're going to have the circumstances that seem to be giving us the opposite of what we are trying to get. You better believe that's going to happen. But, you know, just stick to what you want. Keep asking God for it. So look at verse 9. It says, So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, and said to the Lord of hosts, If thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid, and remember me, and forget not thine handmaid, but will have... Will but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. So notice Hannah, she was very determined to get what she wanted. And we're not going to take time to go over there too, but Luke 18, Jesus gives a parable of the woman who went to the unjust king saying, avenge me of mine adversaries. And she just kept doing it. 
She just kept coming to this king. The king wasn't doing it. The king didn't want to do it. But finally, he said, you know what? This woman's wearying me. I'm going to give her what she wants. And God, Jesus used that story as an illustration of how we ought to be with him. He wants us to keep coming to him. But yeah, but he didn't give me what I wanted. Obviously, it doesn't his will. Oh, but here's the thing. Is it a sin? If it's not a sin, then go ahead and go to him and say, Lord, I want it again. Go ask him again and keep bugging him about it. Well, you know, I don't think I know better than God. No, but you know what you want. And God wants to hear from you. God wants you to tell him what you want. Y'all understand that God didn't just, we're, we're not robots. Y'all, y'all get that? You know, God doesn't just wind us up like the Calvinists think and then just predetermine every little thing that we're going to do. Okay, that's not how, that's not how it works. Okay, we all have our own desires. We all have our own free will and God wants to hear from us. God wants to know what we want. God wants us to ask for these things. That's what God wants us to do. And if you still want something, then just go keep on asking for it. That's what Jesus said to do in Luke chapter 18. And that's what Hannah's doing. So in verse 22, uh, verse 12, verse Samuel 1. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. She was sad she wasn't getting what she wanted. And I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of thy complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. So notice, after she had clearly made her case to God... Then she went away, no longer sad. Now, notice it does not say here that she went away happy. You know, she didn't, walk, she didn't go away, hands raised in the air. I'm going to get what I want. That's not what it says. It says she just, it just says she was no longer sad. Okay? So I believe what she did, this is what I believe happened with Hannah. I believe she finally got to the point where she knew it's now in the Lord's hands. I've gone as far as I can go with this. I've taken it as far as I can. And I'm done. It's his now. And you know, the truth is, you know, when, when we pray and when we ask for things, you know, I'm not telling you, you know, pray until you just get the good feeling, you know. But I am telling you, we ought to do everything we can. We ought to make every attempt that we can with our Heavenly Father, use every method we know how, ask every way that we know how for what we want, just like your kids do with you. You know, and your, your kids, man, they beg, they, you know, they bargain. I mean, Han, did, did Hannah bargain? Yes, she did. She, she did everything that she possibly could, but then it finally got to the point where she's like, all right, nothing else I can do. It's all his now. And she left it up to him. And I believe we need to get to that point where we are like, I've done all I could. I've prayed all I can pray. I've shed all the tears I can shed. I've I've done everything I know how to ask the Lord for what I want. God knows what I want. God knows what my desire is. It's now now in his hands. I'm, I'm giving it to him. But, you know, a lot of people, I'm there. 
Yeah, yeah, you're there because you went and said, Dear Lord, bless this food and give me the new car. Amen. You know, that's as far as you took it. You know, that, 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 that's, that, that's, that's as far as you know. You ought to actually do everything you can. Even if it's drive several hours to come to a church, you know, where a man of God and the elders of that church can lay hands on you and your wife. and ask, You ought to be willing to do something like that if that's what the Lord leads you to do. You ought to be willing to just take it as far as you, as far as you possibly can, do everything you possibly can do, put it all out on the line, for, and, just, and then after you've done that, after you know I've done everything I can, we've done everything that is in our power, then I'm not saying you've got to walk away happy. But I am saying, you know what, at least get to the point where you can walk away and say, no, I've tried everything that I can try. I've done everything. I've done everything that I can possibly do. I'm now leaving it in the Lord's hands, and that's exactly what Hannah did. So after that, she was no longer sad. We, we, she got to that point where she knew it was in the Lord's hands, and she left it alone. And whatever you feel the Holy Spirit's leading you to do, you should do it before you get to that point where you know you you. I believe you will. You're going to know when you've done all that you can do. You're going to know that. And so verse 19 says, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come, about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Hannah got what she wanted because she asked. It was not God's will. God had shut up her womb, but God changed his will. God changed his mind. And James 4, 2 says, Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. That's that guy praying to win the lottery. You know, that's that guy. But folks, is, is it wrong to pray for a child? Is it wrong to pray for good health? Is it, not, is it wrong to just pray for safety for those you love and to pray for your family, to pray for provision? It's not wrong. None of these things are against God's will. They are God's will. It's okay for you to pray and ask the Lord for a better job than what you've got. It's okay to do all those things. But at the end of the day, when you've taken it as far as you can possibly take it, then you know what you've got to do? You've got to say, let the will of the Lord be done. Then... then I, you need to say, I will be content with whatever God does. God may not give me what I want, and it's not going to change the fact that I want it, but I'll be content either way. I'll still be happy. I'm still going to serve the Lord. I'm still going to do what I'm supposed to do, even if I don't get what I want. But you don't have to hide the fact that you want it. And God wants to give us these things that we want. We know, we know that that's his desire, and we should not be ashamed to ask. If you're praying the kind of prayer we see here in James, you won't need to examine your heart. See, this is where most people are at. They, they can't figure out if they are praying right. They can't figure out if they are praying in the Spirit. Here's why. Because you don't really want it. Okay? We know what we really want and what we really need, don't we? We really do. Hannah, there was no question to her. If you'd have gone to Hannah at any point, Hannah, if you could have anything, what would it be? A son. I mean, if she would have been ready to answer that right away. You and I, we have to think about it. You and I, we're so blessed. 
you know, you watch Aladdin or something and think, I don't even know what three wishes I'd grant if I had a magic genie. All right? Because we don't even know what we want. That's how, that's how blessed we are. But, you know, with Hannah, a son, immediately. She had known that. Have you ever even wanted anything that bad? Boy, we're just so passive today. We're just so brain dead. We're just so just go wherever the wind blows us. We don't even know. We don't even want anything. You know, there's something wrong with that. You know what? If you don't want something right now, start wanting something. Okay? I don't know what I need. Let me help you out. All right? I'll give you some things right, so, you know, that you can want. All right? If you don't want anything for yourself, start wanting some things for me. Okay? Just have a desire for something. Have a passion for something. Want something. God wants you to want something. But because He wants to do something in your life, He wants to answer prayers. And so if you are, if you're praying, if you're like Hannah, James 4 you're not going to be that person asking amiss. You know, you're, you're not going to be that double-minded man that James talks about. And then look at chapter 5, verse 13. It's the last passage to look at, right? In James 5, 13. It says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. God said, hey, if you're afflicted, okay, I mean, something's bothering you, something's hurting you, pray. Call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint you with oil. Why, why, do, why do you anoint them with oil? Because God said to I don't know why that matters. I don't have all the answers on what it all represents. I mean, why do we have baptized in water? Okay, that's just what Jesus did. It's what the Bible says to do. Okay, there's not there's nothing spooky about it. It's not there's nothing magic about it. It's just this is just something we do in faith. It's what God told us to do, and unfortunately, people just aren't aren't doing this kind of thing today. Now we've done it several times in this church because. You know, we've, we've had people that have come and they wanted something from the Lord. You know, they need, they needed healing. They've had different sicknesses and cancer and things like that. And you know, some of you are in here today and you know, you're still kicking too, aren't you? You know, cancer free. All right. Are we saying it's because, you know, you know, here's what I do know. We, you wanted something we asked, God gave it. I don't, I don't. And I highly doubt it's because you were more right with God than anybody else. I, I, I don't know why he does. There's been other times. Sometimes people don't. At, at the end of the day, we're going to do all we can and then leave it in God's hands at that point. And so what we're going to do right now uh, to close the service, we're going to pray uh, for uh, Brother Josh and his wife.